Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Uh... And welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined wearing the same t shirt remotely by Luke Owen DAD. Yes, we are remote this week uh, because a certain someone had a little bit too much of a party over the weekend <laughs> and has decided that he is self isolating. Yeah, I feel like. Uh... Like I've been to Sturgis or a Juggalos <laughs> convention. But I, I have. It, it seems to me that you, because you've you've had a couple of like excursions since um, restrictions were lifted. You went to Board Game Expo. You've now been on a stag do weekend. You're planning on going to the Isle of Wight Festival this weekend. But the first two don't spell a lot of good news for the the third of the three. Yeah, get Scott Steiner to do the maths. So the first one, I got pinged. Uh, mm-hmm. So no no symptoms or anything, but I was obviously within a whatever radius of someone, so I'd self-isolate for 10 days. Yeah, that was on a tra- uh, that was the train's fault more than anything. Yeah, else. yeah, looks like it. <clears throat> then, yeah, I just, obviously, we're being very, very cautious with you because you are in the drop zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just thought, yeah, play it safe. But then today, I got back on Sunday, and today I've started to feel pretty crappy. All negative tests, but yeah. Play it safe. Big E, yay! (laughs) (laughs) Well, come on then, Uh, let's hear your tales. How was the stag do weekend? What did you get up to? Well, we went to Bath. We didn't stop drinking uh, from about, when did I get there, 2 p.m. Friday all the way through till, well, Saturday night. Oh, oh God. So we went to this this club and, you know, university starts again soon. And Bath is a university town. So there are a couple of second and third years knocking about, taking pills, I think, exclusively, mm-hmm. just getting on all the drugs. And uh, there was this club and it was playing all the indie music from when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm get down there and it is full 
of 19 and 20 year olds who know every single word because it's retro it's retro this is like this is like when i would go out to the clubs when i was a teenager and i'd sing Britpop songs uh well i suppose in a way yeah i was gonna say songs from the 80s but yeah you're right like Britpop tracks of the 90s yeah so uh that was weird and one, you know, the stag was dressed up as in a sexy ladies Luigi outfit because he is of uh, Italian descent. <laughs> you daft racists. It's not racist when it's the Italians. A bibbidi bob. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, this this 19 year old, very wide pupiled kid came up to me. You know, the sort. Mm. Oh, I know the pupils. Oh, I know the sort. And he comes up to me, presumably chewing something because his jaw was all over the place. And he said, "Oh, why have you got a? You know, why is why is your mate dressed up like that?" And I just said, "Hey, we're on a stag party." And he went, "Oh my god, it must be crazy, right? Coming here because you're like the oldest people here." And we we were not the oldest people there. You must have been in the region, though, of the oldest no, people there. No, no, no. Not even close. Because there are a couple of creepy guys who were like mid-40s by themselves just lurking around the perimeter, waiting mm. for that drunk university girl to fall Ooh, into their lap. That's, that's not good. That, that's no. not a pretty picture. You're painting a bath. No, no. It's not a pretty picture, Luke. <laughs> not this seedy underworld we found where they age shame me. And, you know, what, what I wanted to do... <clears throat> Like, because you know, it's like one of those things that sticks with you. Mm. And I, I just came up with what I wanted to say to him afterwards. And what I wanted to say <laughs> was, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, we are a bit older. We had, we had a long, really good education where I could go out every night of the week, mate. How was your last year? How was the last year of your life being robbed away from you? You goddamn youthful fountain!" But I didn't do that. I uh, panicked. I panicked. <laughs> And I dabbed. (laughs) (laughs) And he he said, Oh, yeah, you think that's funny, do you? You think that's cool? What us what what kids do these days, yeah, old man. (laughs) And I had nothing. And I just kept dabbing. (laughs) I got like a sort of machine gun dab thing like that. And uh, thankfully, a couple of my mates saw what saw I was in trouble, and also came over to dab with me uh, until until the nasty boy went away. Because he must have been with his other wide-eyed mates, being like, "Have you seen those fifty-year-olds that are like oh, that have like come out to this club? We should mm. really go over there and make fun of them." But I think overall, you were the ones that stood tall. Because I genuinely think? think that is a hilarious response <laughs> to this kid coming up to you. <laughs> Didn't feel good. Didn't feel <laughs> great afterwards. It's gnawing at me. I'll just like I'll just be doing something else, and it would creep back in that kid. His eyes <laughs> saying what he said to me, and then all I had was a dab. And I wish <laughs> I could sit here, Luke, and say, "Yeah, I meant it ironically. I meant it's yeah. just a thing to annoy him." Like I was taking what he thought I perceived of his generation and just threw it in his face. Ha ha. No, it was a genuine panic move. Did not know what to do. Straight to the death. (laughs) 
I went to a, uh, a gig once for to go see Clutch at the Portsmouth Wedgwood Rooms, my favourite venues in the world. Very, very small venue. Um, it's about the size of our office. And um, I... Uh, uh, I crowd, crowd surfed, which was a bit of a a, a bit of a, a a passe thing to do in that place because it was quite small. Not really a place to be doing crowd surfing. It's not like I'm in an arena. It's not like I'm at the O2 or anything. I'm in the hmm. Portsmouth Wedgwood rooms. It holds a hundred people. But I crowd surfed over because I was very very drunk, and my mates and I thought it'd be very very funny. I also was not wearing a t-shirt because again thought that's a bit funny, isn't it? And um, I the the security guard, the bouncer on the other side, caught me and sort of like pulled me down. And so I looked at him and I said, thanks mate. And I tapped him on the cheek. Oh, because I was in a very drunken state. And he looked at me deadly serious and said, if you do that again, I will throw you out. And as soon as he said that, my only thought was like, we'll just do it again then. Just looked at him dead in the eyes. I just reached my hand up and stroked his face. Oh, what did he do? He grabbed my arm, twisted behind my back, and threw me out. And I was you out see, on the streets of uh, Portsmouth without a t-shirt on. If you dabbed, that's not, that's not getting in his face or anything. Wouldn't the dabbing be touching wasn't a, his body. This would have been like two thousand and six. There, there was no dabbing then. Mm, yeah, you were you were ahead of like you would have been before. I was very much after when I was doing it. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it was it was if a it good makes weekend. You feel any better? If it makes you feel any better, I think you were cool. I, Thanks, I think mate. And and I think your Thanks, mates mate. joining in is genuinely hilarious. Yeah, yeah, they, they helped a brother out. The yeah. um the what I what I think's happened though is not that I was going out to the discotheques every Friday night, but I would go out on an occasion uh, to to clubs, but I haven't done that for eighteen months. So now suddenly going into that environment, it's like the world has passed me by and everyone is so much younger than when than when the lockdown started. And I'm now high. I've, I've, maybe it's because I've fixed my hairline and I can't be my brain's like, well, what am I going to be self-conscious about now, Ollie? You've taken away the one thing I fretted about. So, yeah, maybe that's the new thing. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> Well, let's uh, get into this episode of Raw because there's quite a lot to talk about. And I think it's going to be a fairly happy episode of the Monday Night uh, Raw podcast for a bit of a change because WWE just got that stranglehold on us. Here is the show. Beige! Beige is the new WWE champion as of last night's Raw. Uh, you might notice that we are not in the studio that we just so recently returned to. We're from home because I'm not feeling very well and we don't want to kill Luke. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D-A-D, and this is the Raw Review Podcast. Please, Give us a subscribe. Get in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over $5 USD and smash that thumbs up button. Smash it. Kick it in the face. Give it a big ending. Cash Segway. In. Cash, Cash in it on in. The, on the like button. 
punch it in the face, hand over the briefcase to a referee and cash in on all of the things we just promoted while we talk about the ending to last night's Raw. Yes, indeed. Are you throwing to me? To, to have throwing to you. The opening gambit. Okay. In which case, let's get on the opening <clears throat> gambit. Because this was this is great, right? Like, this is wonderful. It's so nice to see. It's lovely to see the wrestling community be so positive about something. It's nice to see everyone be so positive about something that WWE have done. Awesome for Big E. Such a wonderful human being. And it's nice when nice things happen to nice and good people. Good people getting nice things is always absolutely wonderful. I mean, let's not ignore the fact that this was a completely cynical throw by WWE because they were panicked by the ratings. Ignoring that, this was a completely great moment and I absolutely loved it. I was waiting for the butt. You AEW shill. I think this is the turning point. I think me and my man Vince... <laughs> I've been saying it forever. I've been. I've always been behind Raw. I think this is the turning point in the uh, the wrestling wars where Raw can finally start to beat AEW and the demographics again. Yeah. So this was a last minute decision. It was supposed to be Randy Orton <clears throat> and Matt Riddle of RK Bro defending the Raw tag titles against Bobby Lashley and MVP. Uh, and then in, and then AEW did a really good rating uh, in the 18 to 49 demographic. And like, let's see, they beat Raw, but by 3,000 viewers. It wasn't like this big concrete smash of a win. They just they just sort of like eked out slightly more people than, than Raw did. But it was clearly enough to spook USA Network, who were paying four times the amount that TNT are paying for AEW. So they were like, you need to do something big on this show. Plus... Monday night football is, is starting up. So do, the touchdowns are going to kill us. Do a mm. big thing. Well, the, the they really promoted it as well. Like Biggie was on social media during the day saying, hey, I'm going to cash in my briefcase tonight, by the way. The start of the show was Biggie making his entrance down to the ring. Uh, it was a weird opening. Like Biggie's entrance music here. Didn't even cut a promo. Then... Riddle and Randy Orton came down. They didn't cut a promo. Then Lashley and MVP came down. It yeah. was like, are you going to have a match? This is how matches work. Yeah, it was re a really bizarre way <laughs> to open the show. And like, you know, it's funny as well, actually. The So the Big E thing of him putting up on social media that he's going to be on the show and he is going to cash in his money in the bank. There are some that think that was because Sean reported that he was going to be on the show. And because like oh. Big E said, now the cat's out the bag. Just want to let everyone know I'm going to be on Raw tonight and I am going to cash in and I'm going to end the night as WWE champion. And I wonder if it's a case of once the news had sort of got out that he was going to be on Raw, they were like, cool, let's just start promoting this then. Because they'd announced like on Sunday or whatever it was, that they changed the main event to uh, Orton versus Lashley for the title. And then, yeah, they just, they, you know, they made the, the call instead to have Biggie cash in. Apparently it was supposed to happen on the draft episode in October and they've pulled that forward to do it now because yeah aew did a big number and the and the touchdowns the touchdowns well you know i i think it's that they pretty much announced it at the start of the show anyway so mm. the social media bits are negligible really uh but that's what baby faces should do when they say i'm going to do this thing they should then successfully do the thing because they're meant to be honest with me they're meant to be a stand-up guy and that's what Big E did. I thought this this opening segment where he made it clear, I'm going to cash in by the end of the night. 
I thought it was really good. I thought everyone involved. I thought Randy feels like he's got a new fire to him. Like, do you think this is the best Randy has ever been as a babyface? Oh, as a babyface, 100%. Yeah, for a second, I thought you were about to say, is this the best that Randy Orton has ever been? And I'm like, I feel like we have this conversation every year. <laughs> is this the best run that Randy Orton's ever had? Um, that's, that's good, right, though. You know, that he can turn heel last year. I'm like, this is the best Randy Orton's ever been as a heel. And now he's turned face. Like, that's, it's it's refreshing to see people get better in WWE. Yeah. And not I mean, a slow been... spiral into terribleness. Yeah. After 20 years, it had to happen, I guess. Um, mm. You know, I, I thought like, this was a really fun opening segment. Aside from the fact it was staged so weirdly, it was really good. I like MVP's promo, I thought was great. I thought Orton's promo was great. But like Beige standing in the background, essentially just like letting everyone know, like, this conversation doesn't matter. Like, no matter what, you can <clears throat> talk trash all you want. I'm going to cash in tonight. Oh, I think your internet is uh, not behaving there. Oh dear. Well, I'm ill and Luke has no internet. I'll take over while you uh, while you get resolution back. Um, but yeah, the, Bobby had some fine lines and throughout the night, Big E was then going into those backstage interview segments and going, oh, like there was one bit where Randy was sort of, he was trying to focus, he had his headphones on and Riddle was going, hey, Randy, you know, you can do this and you can do that. You're the best man. Just doing an endless run of comments. And Randy obviously can't hear him because he's trying to focus. And Big E walks in like, huh, this isn't my locker room. <laughs> like, it was really funny. It was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to cash in on you later. It does, did the same for a Bobby and MVP thing. And lo and behold, after what I thought was a very good main event between Lashley and Orton, by far the best match on the show. Uh, but, but really, like, pay-per-view caliber for those two guys. Big E comes down after Bobby puts Randy Orton through the announcer's table, even though he'd already beaten him. Bobby, did, did you see this leg injury thing? Yeah, so they were doing, I think they'd actually done something during the match as well of like Bobby selling a few things to be like, well, it's okay, because when Biggie then cashes on him later, he's got like an excuse as to why he was laid out. But him like getting overzealous with putting Randy Orton through the table with the spine buster tweaked his leg in the process. So when they, he had the match with Beige, the first thing the Beige did was go for the leg. But it was also a shoot. Because the way the table exploded, the corner of the table exploded into his lower shin. You know, really, I guess a bit of a. I thought it was just a selling of the the leg thing. I, I didn't realize it was actually like the table itself had hit him in the leg. Apparently, it was a bit of both. Uh, but yes, they get in, they go to break, they come back. It's a full cash in. There's like four minutes of the show left. Pretty much, Pete had already messaged me. Oh, um, the main that the title of today's news should probably be the thing that happened on Raw. I won't tell you yet because <laughs> you haven't seen it. I'm like, well, I can, I'm a smart guy. I can assume that Gorg is going to come back. So imagine my delight when it was Biggie successfully cashing in. Uh, Lashley speared him, and then Biggie kicked out. Big ending for the win. Literally yeah, I was surprised to see that. Like, so Beige cashed in on Lashley. They announced, like, Big E is cashing in his Money in the Bank contract. And then they went to a commercial break. 
there was like three minutes left of the show and they were like oh, we can squeeze <laughs> one more we can squeeze one more ad break into this episode so i thought that was like really weird pacing but also i think is you know it's to give people time to call their friends and say hey tune into usa network they're going to change the title it's mad isn't it that the last of the last four title changes three of them have been on tv because we had mm. orton beat drew for the title we had bobby beat miz for the title and we've had Big E beat yeah. bobby for the title all of them have been on raw all of them have also been desperate attempts to things when ratings are in a bit of a slump and the networks are upset yeah, well, uh, you know, glad Peacock are paying for all those pay per views, right? Uh, so this it was it was very <laughs> yeah. good. It was a great ending. It the, the new day then rush out and celebrate with Beige. So it was just lovely, and there was that that was it. Well done, WWE. I've seen a lot of people, and it's weird that I'm not one of them. But a lot of people are now like, great moment. I, I can't get invested in this because WWE have had zero follow up for about fifteen years now. Mm-hmm. So I why mean, should I I'm get one of those people? Why should I root for Biggie? Why should I be happy about this when I've seen what happened to Kofi Kingston and he's just going to go on a nothing title reign and then eventually beat him by Brock Lesnar or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I'm one of those people. Like, I, I, there was last night was uh, uh, you know that kind of infuriating side of of wrestling fandom on the on the Bird app because you had the people who were saying this is because AEW did a big number and football's on, so it's a desperate ratings grab, like to to make people to, to do this. There are those that are like WWE also has a, always has a long term plan. Well, you know, I would say I'm wrong. And then perhaps worse, there are the people who are just like, who are then complaining about the people who are pointing out that this is nothing but a ratings grab. And it is just this all like, and this is one of those times where you're like, oh, this is why social media is a terrible, terrible thing. And I am of the opinion, I, I, you know, said this was a desperate ratings grab. I'm happy that it happened and it was a very cool moment. But for me, it's as meaningful as Nikki ASH cashing in. And like, oh, wow. Done, done to done to pop a rating, done to pop a crowd. I am, I'm hoping that it works. I'm hoping that this show does a great number. But let's see what happens next week before we start getting excited about like a new era of WWE because we've been having new eras <laughs> of Monday Night Raw now for many, many, many years. And I'm, I'm kind of tired of saying like, oh, this is the one. This is the moment when it's going to turn. If next week's show is banging and the week after that is banging and i'll be like wow we've had three really good weeks of let's be honest this wasn't that great of a show it just had a really great ending that i i i will i will wait and see well you know we've got a new era of nxt starting tonight 2.0 slash actually 5.6 uh i think in the update uh order but i the, the report that this was always meant to happen, Biggie was always meant to cash in his briefcase, win the title on the 4th of October or as part of the draft, that to me says there is some kind of plan in place. And I look at the landscape of WWE and the clearest plan to me, and I don't think this is much of a fantasy book in reach, is we're going into Survivor Series time. It's going to be Biggie versus Roman Reigns which can be supplemented by the Usos versus the New Day. And uh, rather than have I'm, yeah, rather than have one champion beat the other, 
God, if Survivor Series is the bloodline versus the New Day, that sounds excellent. And Roman yeah, stuff, they actually, plan out. Yeah, I was actually just thinking then, I was, who are the Raw Tag Champs? Oh, it's, it's RK Bro, isn't it? I genuinely yeah. couldn't think who it was for a second. It was RK Bro. I was thinking this morning that I think there's every chance that the New Day win the Raw Tag Straps before Survivor Series, and they do the six-man tag there. Like, as you say, it's like New Day versus the Bloodline. That <laughs> is an awesome, awesome lineup. Like, that's that is yeah. really exciting. Given the history of New Day and the Usos, now combined with W or with Big E as the WWE champion, I love that idea so so much, and I'm fully on board for that. And actually, like the idea of taking the belt off of Bobby uh, on the October Fourth show also makes sense because they're probably going to do Gorg versus Lashley at the Saudi show, and Gorg is going to win, but they don't want Gorg to be the champion, which we've talked about extensively on this show. How do you do that match? You take the belt off of Bobby and you do it as a straight singles match, and Gorg can get the win in five minutes. Gorg already said he's not interested about the championship. He wants the soul. Exactly. Just the, the Undertaker in. match. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's see what you guys think. I'm going to throw over to Luke to read out the Ultra Chats. Of course, yes. I'm hoping my internet holds up. Again, apologies if you are just joining us. We are remote again today 
Oliver Davis is not particularly well. Also, apologies that we had to set up a second stream again, like we did on Friday, because StreamYard, StreamYard saved us during the pandemic in terms of letting us broadcast this and being able to do this podcast. It's been a fantastic platform for us. But all I've had some issues with it over the last few uh, few days. Kevin said, great show. I was going to pass on it, but it was really enjoyable with a great finish. Seeing the huge amount of love Big E received on Twitter shows how much of a great guy he is. He truly deserved it. And yes, real men cry, Ollie. You're the mark. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like the outpouring of love for, for Beige online was so awesome to see. Alpha Wolf says, what a refreshing roar, uh, Marie and Dewdrop aside. I've always been a huge advocate for Lashley, and this cemented my respect for him. If you watch as Big E pinning him when he was on the outside after, Lashley had a huge smile on his face. Sell the moment, Bubbles. That's not cool, Bubble. Bubble, Bubble, Bubbles. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, like, Alpha Wolf. You think that's cool? I don't like that. That he's there on the outside smiling. You just lost the belt, mate. Make it feel important. Yeah. Uh, James Dobinson, great moment for Big E, but I think it would have been a much bigger moment if it had come out of nowhere rather than the cash-in being announced on social media before the show. Are you surprised by how hot the crowd are for Alexa Bliss? I like her, and I am. After last week, no. And after the sales of the Lily Doll at, at SummerSlam, absolutely not. Uh, Charles Berg said, genuinely fun episode of Raw, engaging story thread that went throughout the whole night, matches and promos that were enjoyable, and of course, beige. Kudos to Bobby Lashley. I don't know if he was selling, but the leg injury seemed legitimate to jam that jam. Also, credit to Bubbles. Great championship run he's had as well since Feb. I've really enjoyed his WWE title reign. Yeah, people were like, oh, it's a shame that Bobby just unceremoniously lost the title. I don't mind it because I also like Beige. Yeah, I don't mind it And at I all. think he had a good stint. You know, he got to successfully defend at Mania. Really, this, you know, originally this run was meant to end at WrestleMania and Drew was meant to get it back. But he, he got a lot more months than was originally planned. So I'm okay with it. Will Campbell. Hey, guys, this is the first <laughs> legitimately excellent Raw I've seen in a long time. I've been I just about jumped through my ceiling when Beige pinned Bobby Lashley after the big ending. Jimmy Smith and Byron Saxon also came through with an all-time great five out of five jam that jam alpaca mm. nation said great night of wrestling am i crazy or did seeing styles flanked by mace and t-bar look cool also i'm so beyond <laughs> happy for biggie finally my only concern is that this company likes making moments and will screw up the title run the fact that they've got they had a plan for this they've just moved it forward makes me optimistic Homestar fan 13 said, uh, I'm happy at Big E winning the title, but I can't help but think this was just done to pop a rating, and I'm worried they don't actually have a plan after this. May sound pessimistic, but WWE has shown multiple times failures to write stories. Adrian wasn't a huge fan of Langston, but I've been a New Day mark since they were heel preachers. So happy for Beige. Literal tears last night. Did you cry? No. Not a mark. Ten Rosa. Hey guys, it was a fun episode of Raw. Biggie Cashin was great, but yes, I too have the cynical viewpoint uh, as this was a last minute, not well out, uh, not well thought out. I won't get excited until three to four weeks later when we see where we are. Sorry, but I have been burned before. I'm with you, Ten Rosa. Danny G, as cynical ratings grabs go, this is one of the best. That's a, do you know what, Danny G? That's a brilliant way to put it. As cynical ratings grabs go, this was a good one. Uh, Beach is one of the good guys and so deserving of this. Well, we've had our nice WWE moment now. Goldberg is taking the title in Saudi Arabia, right? <laughs> On the cynical ratings grabs, 
Yeah, because we've seen bad cynical ratings, Crabs. We oh, lived yeah. through Raw Underground. Yeah, remember. Retribution. Uh, Dogs of Wrestling. I don't usually watch Raw, but I saw it today. Big E is WWE champion. I hope we get a Big E versus Roman at Survivor Series. I think the promos will be interesting due to Roman's tweets. Jam that jam. L-I-W. Fought, fought for life. I, um, yeah, I, what was the point that he made that I was going to bring up? That I, I've seen a lot of that, actually. You know, even Tempest messaged yesterday to say, like, I'm legit watching Raw live. They've made, like, WWE have made me watch Raw live. And kind of like going back to someone who said that I wish they hadn't announced it ahead of time. I think that announcing it ahead of time was the best thing that they could have done because it really, yeah. I haven't seen this many people excited to watch an episode of Raw. I mean, I can't even think of the last time people were that excited to watch an episode of Raw, like pre pandemic. So, it was a really smart move on their part to essentially announce ahead of time, hey, watch this show because we are going to see a cash-in and a new WWE champion crowd. And I've got to be honest, announcing it at the start of the show in the way Big E did, and that it was a character saying it, not WWE as a company saying it, which is a very important difference, I think might have actually made the show better. Like the people get so caught up in the idea of shock moments or surprise moments when really, statistically, People enjoy things more when they can semi-predict what's going to happen. So for the people like, oh, it would have been better if it was a big shock and surprise. I I disagree. I think from a storytelling perspective and as I reckon we'll see a ratings win. Oh, yeah. I think this this is the right move. I think Mm. this is going to be, whether it does a huge number is a different matter, but I think it will do a better number than it would have done had they not announced ahead of time. A beige number, you might say. Hey, do you know what I mean? Okay, so I've, I've, you know, I've had my cynical point of view on this, but do you know what I really thought of the match? Pardon, pardon my lewdness. I got a boner for that. <laughs> the clips are back. <laughs> we genuinely had a ninety-minute meeting earlier today, which was essentially me and Luke saying, "But how can we play clips again on the podcast in the studio? <laughs> Make that happen, Rich, please." Uh, we've already covered the opening segment. It was Big E coming down and interrupting. Well, not interrupting anything. Everyone just had a little promo. And the first match was Charlotte versus Shayna Baszler, which, full disclosure, I genuinely liked everything on this show. I'm even the bad stuff. That. Stunned by that. Like there was a lot of like nothingness on this show, and I loved it. I think the crowd, the crowd were incredible. Really were. Yeah, like the crowd were, was so hot all night. Uh, Boston. Yeah, okay. Well, amazing job, Boston. I know Gregory, one of our long-running uh, mods, was there. But yeah, I, I, I am ill. So maybe that had something to do with how malleable or, or just sort of susceptible I was to WWE. So what this show is going to be, this episode of the Wrestle Podcast is going to be, is Ollie blindly loving a lot of things, and then me being like, hang a but hang a tick, like, because at the start of this, because like Charlotte Flair versus Shayna Baszler, right? This match was set up because, and Shayna Baszler explained, like, you know, hey, Nia Jax, like, I didn't think that you'd be able to beat Charlotte Flair. And I'm like, 
Nia beat her two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> why, why do you think she couldn't beat her? She literally beat her in the middle of the ring two weeks ago. And this match, I enjoyed this match, actually. I don't think it did a lot for Shayna Baszler because the commentary was staying throughout the entire match. Man, look how great Charlotte is. She is dominating this match. She is taking all of this match. And then it was a terrible distraction finished by Nia Jax. But it wasn't about, this wasn't about Shayna Baszler, nor was it really much about Nia Jax. This was about making Charlotte Flair look good so you could do the angle afterwards. She won with a big boot. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? To beat Shayna Baszler with a big boot. Anyway, you're right. Uh, Bliss and, sorry, uh, Baszler and Jax just kind of walked off afterwards. Like they were still together, well, but yeah, annoyed with each other. They're still a tag team, apparently. They're having a match next week. Well, you know, your brother's fighting all that. Sister's fighting. Allegedly. Allegedly having a match next week. So Bliss comes down after this with Lily and a present, and the crowd are just going crazy for her. They they do this segment to elicit a yes chant. Yeah. And it like was Charlotte re- was like, do you really want to see me have this present? Of Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Weird. Crowd was, and we saw this last week. The, the crowd of like, bearing in mind, uh, I, I, at WrestleMania, <laughs> the crowd there were not into Alexa Bliss because what they saw her there at the time was an imitation fiend knockoff that was kind of killing the fiend's momentum. Now that Bray is gone and they have dropped all the fiend stuff from Alexa Bliss, she's not getting the We Want cha- uh, Wyatt chance anymore. She's just getting genuinely babyface reactions because she's also dropped all of the spooky nonsense from her act now lily is no longer alive lily is not a living puppet lily isn't winking at people anymore she is just a puppet that she carries around so she's now no longer spooky bollocks she's just a harley quinn character and people like harley quinn and that's great i like harley i like harley quinn as well this is what we wanted since yeah. the Alexa Bliss, since Alexa Bliss took this character on, was we wanted less of the spooky bollocks, more of the Harley Quinn aspect of it. And she's Alexa Bliss is really, really good at it. And now because she's just doing that, the crowd are responding to that. And like she was, I, I mean, it made literally no sense for Charlotte to open the presents because why would you? Like you're the. This is it's so out of character for Charlotte Flair to be like, oh okay, I'll play your little games. Like no, you would just boot her in the face and move on with your day. But she's also a queen. And she's like, oh, yes, I will take your... You bought me a present. Of course you have. I'm amazing. Uh, But she opens it. Inside was a Charlotte version of Lily, um, which Charlotte didn't like. Bliss called her a bitch, which was fun. But yeah, I I agree. Later on, Charlotte threw uh, the, the Charlotte doll into the bin. And I was so scared because the, the camera went right up to the bin, saw the doll in there. And I was like, oh, no, is it going to sort of move or wink at me? And it didn't. So this this is exactly the way this feud should be going. So I'm, I'm happy yeah. with this. Absolutely. It's none, <laughs> it's none of that. So like, and that was that's really good. Also, I think if WWE had any smarts about them, they do a whole line of Lily dolls as other wrestlers. What, like the new uh, pop uh, Funko figures? Yeah, it's like it's a new version of the Cabbage Patch doll. Mm. Just showing my age. They were, and like that's that's a new line for WWEshop.com. I think they would do pretty well selling. 
that's what Nick Khan wants. Everything's got to be merchandisable. I can't wait for the Carrion Cross figure with suit. <laughs> I want the Carrion Cross gimp version and suit version. Uh, after that, Drew McIntyre beat Jinder Mahal via and Shanky. The Viking Raiders were in his corner, I think. Were they ever actually tagging with him? This was there so that the audience, so that the commentators could talk about the ring full of giants. They mentioned giants so much on this show about like how look how tall everyone is, and that's yeah. all this match was there to be was six tall people being tall. I think it is concerning that Hansen is wearing a t-shirt, but they were all tall, and Drew McIntyre won again. Five out of five. New Day reunion backstage. That was nice. Uh, Reggie escapes like a hundred different people. Jeff Hardy, I couldn't see him in there, but I'm well, sure no, he, he wanted preparing for his match. Oh no, but it's the 24-7 title, Luke. Um, but he got away, and then Drake Maverick said, sorry. Drake Maverick said to R Truth and the Kirita's hour, it's not your plan that's the problem, it's the execution. So he's look, I love Maverick. He's doing a weird thing here. Like he's not doing goofy over the top uh comedy things he just seems he comes off a bit sad no I, I disagree i think he's coming he's now the mastermind of the 24 7 division he is bringing his experience of winning that belt multiple mm. times and he is going to be the man that puts together the great plan to get the belt off of reggie i think this could actually be some really really funny stuff if they set up like mousetrap style like things to try and get him various different like you know a bathtub falls off to try and trap him or like you know like cages come down and this and the other and like brian cage yeah exactly brian cage or christian cage and like they literally have comedy segments where he is wily e. coyote trying to get the roadrunner and oh, he's yeah, yeah. acme big that. like blueprint plans i think it could be some really good stuff around that i get that i agree with you I just don't think Maverick... I think Maverick looks dead inside when he's in the segments. That's because all of his friends got fired. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Damien Priest and Jeff Hardy had a match for the United States title. Like, what a trajectory for Hardy, who was in the 24-7 title picture last week. I thought this was a good match. I got quite into it. Priest, like, kept on seemingly about to win, but then Jeff Hardy would kick out. And you could see Priest, like, initially was like, ah, and facing Jeff Hardy. What a privilege. But by the end, he was like, you little, could you freaking stay down, okay? And then, crucially, and this was another big reason why I enjoyed this show so much, another clean victory. Yeah, Priest has got a lot of those under his belt as well. And they were really putting over this on commentary that, like, there is no, excuse me, there is no one on the Raw brand with a hotter streak than Damian Priest at the moment because he's just like, he always wins and he keeps pinning like big, big names. I'm, I'm he's so the glad Colton that... Gunn of yeah. WWE. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so glad that Jeff Hardy got back no more words. It's really worked out for him and his, his push. Um, good, good <laughs> going there, everyone. But this was a really fun match and I don't need to see Damian Priest versus Sheamus again. I know we're getting at the pay-per-view, but I'm ready for Priest to move on to like into a new feud. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Seamus jumped them both afterwards, though. And Priest, like, got the better of him. So, yeah, they are so behind Priest. Good. Uh, Biggie did the thing I talked about earlier, where he walked into Wharton's locker room, teased the cash-in. 
Then we got, I can't, I, this is where I was like, am I delirious? Why am I enjoying Nikki and Rhea Ripley? Because Nikki and Rhea Ripley I'm, do a yeah. thing backstage. Uh, Natalia and Tamina walk up and they, I don't know what they argue about, but they start arguing and Sonya Deville's like, wait, you should all have a match now. Uh, and I was, yeah, just like, that was, I enjoyed that in a stupid way. I've no idea how. <clears throat> this was awful. This was like Nick. I I I don't mind the pairing of Nikki and Rhea Ripley, right? Like I I think they're a perfectly fine pairing. The problem is is that they are th- a three, the third of three mixed mixed match tag teams of like how can they possibly coexist? Wacky best friends they are. You've seen from main event, they've now got a fourth. Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo are teaming together. So now there's like. So we've got four of these buddy teams now. It's their if new... it ain't broke. It, okay. <laughs> it worked with one. It will definitely work with three others. And then Man Alive, Natty and Tamina, the least credible champions in WWE. Hilariously terrible walk up. Mm. And then to, and to cap this off, Sonya Deville calls her Nikki AHS. And then everyone's what like... What does that stand for? American Horror Story. Um... And yeah, really, really bad. And that led to Nikki and Tamina having a awful, brilliant, match. oh, terrible what? match. What are you talking Just about? God awful, this match was. Just dreadful. I'm not even trolling you here. <laughs> I, I'm watching this match and I'm like, she's getting offense in. No, I've seen no, so many. I've seen so many Nikki cross matches recently where she's just beaten up. All the time, and she hits one move at the end and wins, or she tags out and Ripley wins. No, she genuinely got a lot of offense in here. I was like, yes, this is this is good. This makes it more satisfying when she wins, and she does win, kind of. I don't think she was supposed to win here. I really don't, because... So Nikki pins her after this sort of, like, botched... It wasn't botched, it just didn't look great, Tornado DDT. And... She the referee counts the three, even though Tamina kicked out. They play Tamina's music and announce <laughs> Tamina as the winner. I'm pretty sure. How could Tamina you not was... love this? How could I'm you sure... not? Pretty sure Tamina was supposed to win here. But like okay. also, you saying that she got offense in the commentary kept saying Tamina's dominating. So no one meaner than Tamina. She is dominating this match. It was every Nikki cross match you've ever seen. And they bollocks the finish. Bad this was. Five stars. Uh, <laughs> then we got Natalia versus Rhea Ripley, but not before they beat up Nikki and Nikki had to go to the back. I enjoyed Natalia versus Ripley. Well, you know, a this clash of the clash of charisma. This was awesome. Because, yeah, you're right. These two have right, well, wasn't awesome. terrible backstage segments, but this match ruled. This match might have been, it was actually might be my favorite match of the night. I thought this was, I genuinely, I thought this was terrific. You Over Lashley versus Orton. Over Lashley Orton. I enjoyed this match so much more. Wow. I mean, and I, you've gone too, too much the other way now. No, I thought this was really, really good. Although the commentary did say <laughs> Nikki beating Tamina was an upset. And I'm like, they beat them last week. Like, mm. how is that an upset? They've already beaten them once. It's not an upset, mate. Um, but I thought this was really, really good. And uh, Rhea tapped her out, which is why I think Tamina was definitely supposed to win because, man, Natty and Tamina can't buy a victory at the moment. But yeah, I mm. thought this was really good. 
Uh, also, Nikki ran down to stop Natalia from cheating. So that was a, like I said it in my review. I felt she, she also cheated as well. She tripped Natty on uh, when Natty had the match won. Yeah, but she's a superhero. She's a moral baby face. She's getting <laughs> getting the comeuppance. Um, I, I, I genuinely thought this. It felt a bit like a house show style. Yeah, let's just give the baby face a clean, cleanish win for the crowd. I was over the moon uh, again. Five out of five. This is when Charlotte threw the Charlie doll in the trash backstage. Then we got Ali Mansoor and the New Day versus AJ Styles and the Moss, T-Bar and Mace in the only fallout to the tag team turmoil match that took up half of last week's episode. Well, surely, oh, I suppose it'd probably be Bobby Beige at the pay-per-view, won't it? Yeah. Now at this point. Uh, this was great. This was a lot of, this was so much fun. And this mm. was structured really, really well as well. Like it was also commentary said, Mustafa Ali and Mansoor are not the only unlikely duo on Raw. And I was like, no, there's fucking hundreds of them. Um, <laughs> but like, again, so um, Not Tribution come out and they were like, man, look at those giants. What giant men that they are. But hey, if you think they're giants, wait till you see the next guy. Oh, giants! And just like jacking it off underneath the desk. But the way I, what I loved about this match is this match was structured to be really fun. And it was Mansoor, Mustafa Ali, The New Day, and Not Tribution getting in and doing, and AJ Styles doing so much fun house show spots, just doing like every indie show you've ever been to, doing a six man tag. It was so much fun. And then a Moss tags in, and the crowd went ballistic because, as you and I have said many, many times, he's the, you know, the next, uh, the next Luthez. Next, Carl yeah. Gotch, like the, the the next greatest wrestler that this country company has ever seen. It's the agility of the guy that blows oh, yeah. me away. You and how like, it's like, you know, I think, I don't think I'm getting ahead of myself here where I think he's better than Andre the Giant already. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, dude, he is like, yeah. I mean, he, we're lucky that he is carrying AJ Styles to such good matches at the moment because, yeah. I mean, he's what a star that he is. The next coming, a Kurt Angle, this man. AJ's hurting, probably. He's banged up, and thankfully, Amos is there to do a lot of the work for AJ. Oh, yeah. Um, what I liked about this template as well, as you've laid it out already, it's what I want to happen to NXT. So, you know, NXT for so long has been all the cool th in the wrestling moves with the indie stars, and here comes a big guy. And he's yeah. like, no, because he beat all four of them. The, the four men in the number one contenders or to crown the inaugural, the, sorry, the replacement NXT champion tonight, Carlo Riley, LA Knight, Pete Dunne, and Tommaso Ciampa. I want Amos to just go in there yeah. in a match he's not even in because that makes sense. Yeah. Squashes them all, doing a rawr, tree slam, and then becomes the new NXT champion. I, what's I mean, best for business. What a genius move you are. Like, and it's with such sincerity you say it is why I know that you truly, truly believe it. Uh, on that note as well, I'm pretty sure that LA Knight is winning. He is the tallest of the group. Yeah. yeah that's who you'd bet for. Huh? Well, yeah, he's, you know, he hasn't got the indie background, has he? TNA doesn't count. So, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can beat, the, you can't, you've, they've already beaten the indie out of him. 
He's the he's the most main roster guy in NXT since EC3. Yeah, I know, right? Which is why I think he's winning tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, the other thing I really enjoyed about this because I loved Mansoor. What a lovable baby face he is, tagging with the New Day and Ali next to mm. him being like, "Mate, pack it in." What are, you, what are you doing? What are you dancing around for? And there was a moment during this when they were doing the stampede, like stomp thing that they do in the corner when they were the New Day. So like Woods would tag in and Woods would start stomping in the corner. He tagged in Kofi, Kofi starts stomping in the corner. Tag in Mansoor, he'd start tagging in the corner. Ali standing next to him be like, tag me, tag me. Guys, guys, tag me, tag me. And they wouldn't tag him. Eventually he <laughs> blind tags himself and be like, I'm going to take charge of this match. And he gets decked. I yeah. thought it was so, because it tells a really good character story. I thought this was so much fun. And the crowd popped huge for a Moss, and a Moss took out everyone, and he won. This match was designed to get over a Moss, and once again, it worked. Yeah, and it was yes, like you said, it it worked, and I liked it. Uh, so that's quite a tricky thing to to make me root for a a guy who can't wrestle at the end of the day. And <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, one more point on this. I enjoyed bits of Mason T-Bar here. Mm. When they got in, when they first tagged in and just annihilated everyone, I was like, oh, this feels like what Retribution should have been doing. Yeah, you know, right. Back in the day. That's what we said last week. Like Last week was the best that they had ever looked. <laughs> yeah. It was like this dominating raw attack. I mean, they look ridiculous. Like they, the gear yeah. is so stupid and the face paint makes them look like assholes. But like they get in the ring and they beat people up and it's great. Uh, speaking of looking ridiculous... MVP and Lashley are backstage. Oh, <laughs> Kevin Krabs here to do an interview. Big E came over and teased the briefcase cash in. Uh, then we got Dewdrop versus Eva Marie. Right. Okay. So Find this match fine. made no sense. You want to talk about Nikki Cross getting in uh, offense. Eva Marie took so much of this match, considering that her gimmick is supposed to be she's not the wrestler. That's why she had Dewdrop uh, do the wrestling for her. But a lot of this match, and then do drop one. This match sucked, and it makes no sense. And I can't wait to see it next week. Yeah, so they kind of uh, they told the story of someone who thought they could wrestle, trying to and thought they were strong, taking on a bigger, stronger person. Because so much of Eva Marie's offense, do drop just kind of shrugged off. It's quite a funny finish actually when Eva Marie kind of tried the drop down uh, inside cradle, but. Dewdrop was just like, nope, I'm not going down for that. And then splashed her for the win. But yeah, that's it was it was inoffensive, I thought. Yeah. I mean it was no over good. in three minutes. No good, but I don't I mean, you said in your review that this storyline is done. I don't think it's done. <laughs> like I think we are. Because if it's not what what do you do next with Eva Marie? Yeah, well that is that is a bit of a problem, isn't it? Yeah. What does Eva Marie do? I mean, they booked a moss. Just book her like a moss in the women's division. If you can make me think a moss is a good wrestler, why can't you do that for everybody? Sorry, someone in the chat just said, the match was supposed to suck, so it succeeded <laughs> in its execution. Uh, after that, we got the Carrion Cross promo, which, you know, even this, I was like, well, it's better than what was been has been happening. Yeah. So he's backstage... He's dressed in a black suit. There's a smoke machine going on. There's some creepy operatic music. It is not how I would have booked Cross, but it is so much better than everything else he's done on the main roster so far. 
It's not with Johnny Drip Drip. He's not wearing a gimp outfit. He didn't lose a match. The crowd weren't there to be completely silent for him. And the gist of the promo was, I like to inflict suffering. I am not. I don't really have an aim at the moment, but I'm not going to get lost in the shuffle. And I hear shuffle, I think draft. So I don't know if this is building towards a, an angle for the draft in a few weeks' time. Uh, I think it might lead to him doing a few more squash matches on Raw and not get over. That 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 that's my big hot take on where his what his current direction is. I don't know. An easy reset is drafting with with Scarlet Bordeaux. But like, but what's to what end? He's winning now. Like he doesn't need Scarlet. He's done nothing but From win. A, I think, but he, he he's so generic. Have without... you seen that mask? He stands out from everyone else. And his, his crap He-Man gear, far from yeah. generic. So he looks like an action figure now. Well, uh, I thought it was decent. Um, curious to see where it goes. And then we got the main event, which we've already covered. So yes, five out of five show. Uh, talking about it, maybe half of the show, like half of the show was three out of five. And the finish was a six out of five. And I've ended in a five out of five. I don't know. Yeah, so this was your every week run-of-the-mill episode of Raw. Some good, some bad, some fun, some terrible. With an outstanding ending. Like, I loved, and I loved the, despite the weirdness, I loved the opening promo segment, and I loved the story that ran throughout the night. And Beige cashing in, ending the night as WWE Champion is just the best. I absolutely love it, and I'm really excited to see what he can do as WWE champion. I hope they don't Kofi this. I hope he gets a really like mm-hmm. good run with the belt. Meaningful. <clears throat> that is what I'm hoping for, for Beach as the champion. But yeah, like uh, if I was to score the episode, I probably would have said four, like really elevated by that moment. I don't think it's like, because five out of five would mean like, it's like a great episode. Everyone should go out their way to see it. But realistically, everyone should only go out their way to see that, that final moment. Yeah, it's a relative scale. It is definitely, by far though, comfortably the best episode of Raw this year. Hands down. Do you want to see what the community tab had to mm, say? Yes. So the community tab... 40, what? 43% said it was an average 3 out of 5 episode of Raw. 29% said it was a 4 out of 5 episode. 14% said it was a 5 out of 5 rawsome episodes. That really surprised me. I thought four would be the most uh, highly weighted. Wow. I mean, that's that's indicative of, um, you know, WWE just destroying all their trust in their audience. Completely. You know, you can, you can put those moments on, but the viewers are going to be like, nah, I don't believe it, though. What does it matter? Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm very out of step there. So uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk backers over at Patreon there. There's a whole bunch of perks. Ollie and I reviewed Ring of Honor. Excuse me. Uh, we reviewed Ring of Honor, uh, all-star extravaganza from 2016 featuring like Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Hangman Page and a 
pretty terrific um, uh, ladder match between the Addiction, Motor City Machine Guns, and the Young Bucks. Also, Mine and Denise's Patreon mailbag episode went live yesterday. So there's lots of fun stuff to get on over to patreon.com. And if you back us at the $25 level or above, you get your name read out in this show with a fun wrestling nickname like these fine folk. Are you going to make me do the first? I'm, one, I'm letting you go first. That's, that's the order yeah. we do things in. Vienes el decimoto cero, Jason Juetes. Oh, so impressive. The, oh, you should do the second one as well, actually. I can't. I don't know this one. Um, the Vienes man, Rake decima canta. That's the craftsman, Blake Carpenter. Dot, 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 dive, Dylan Cachetta. The Shrockmaster, Austin Schrock. Living in the past, Kieran Pryor. The intellectual saviour of the masses, Damien Campbell. Michael, Mark for life, Plowman. Peter Fiber Brontus. The Emperor's new groove, Nick Lama. The big bad dog. The big bad dog, Ryan Hansen. Bad connection, Thomas Lagden. And don't impede, Scott Peden. That is your Hall of Fame class for the 14th of September 2021. Thank you all so much for being awesome. Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Let's get into the rest of your ultra chats. We have got quite a few to get through as well. Alpaca Nation 87 got choked up at the title win, but seeing Ali's tweet about Brody would be so happy absolutely put me over the edge. Oh man, that's yeah. HCB said, hi guys, so re uh, refreshing seeing Biggie as the WWE champion. Only issue is it didn't seem very in character and a bit random. Would have preferred more logic and build. Liked the cross promo as well. Also, I love the guy, but who did you hurt to get put with Sully, Luke? I wanted to hang with Sully. That's a great idea. The lovely boys. It's like, uh, it's like she's all that. I can't wait to take so, the, we're going to be so we're going to have such a nice time on Quizzlemania tomorrow. I've had so many Quizzlemanias where it's like, oh, I've got to be in a tag team and I've got to win the belts or I've got to do this and I've got to no, I'm just going to have a lovely time and it's going to be great. Uh, Power Pack is 90. Um, oh, the other thing on that as well is like the uh, more build and logic. I kind of agree on that. I do keep forgetting that he had the money in the bank briefcase because. He's just sort of had it, aside from the Corbin thing. He's just sort of like been walking around with it for the most part. Um, but I just, I, I just love Big E. I always think back to when Booker T went on his uh, terrible opinion wrestling show that he's got, and he was like, "Big E can't be a WWE champion because he doesn't take <clears> himself <throat> seriously." So on the next episode of SmackDown, Big E just barrel rolled down the ramp as his entrance. <laughs> Yes, put the belt on that man. Power Packers 90. Happy for Beige's win, but honestly, the football game was a great game too. First week of the season and on free TV. I don't think this will be a huge ratings bump, sadly. Touchdown. So the NFL have been doing monster ratings. Uh, biggest mm. rating in five years or something for an opening game last week. 
Brendan Irwin. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Literally, the only thing left that I cared for in WWE was beige, and now this. Don't go giving too many props to Raw Boys. Twitter is going to love you. Hair looks great, Ollie. Pumped for Mini Owen. Jam, that's jam. The legit underboss was Biggie winning the titles a ratings bump. Yes. Do I care? No. But if this ends up like a Kofi type run, I'll be pissed. Also in the review, Ollie said Alexa hit a Canadian destroyer on Charlotte when it was actually a code red. Minus five mark points. It was a code red. What's the difference? Well, one of them is a power bomb, the other is a power driver. Got you. You wouldn't have said, like, what's the difference between the last ride and um, the God a code bomber? red? <laughs> the code red. Well, I can't up. say I, I, they, they all look the same to me. They're quite similar looking moves. They're really not. Uh, Black Adam, I loved the intensity of the opening promo. It's refreshing to see people take the main title seriously compared to AEW, where it's just a bunch of knobs yucking it up in every feud <laughs> they get into. Love AEW. But this felt like there was gravitas to it. I agree, oh. Black Adam. AEW's going down. <laughs> Well, this, I was going to say this as well. Like, you know, when two weeks ago, when all out happened, and everyone was like, this is it. This is the death nail for WWE. What a sinking ship. You know, they put the belt on Biggie, and everyone was like, love this company. This is why, <laughs> this is why this company is never going to die because some, they've got this hold on us that they just do one thing. And it was like, man, they're, they're turning the ship around yet again. Uh, William Buechner, did you notice Bobby Lashley saying he wasn't scared of Brock Lesnar during the opening promo? MVP asked Big E if he left SmackDown because he was scared of Roman or Brock. Bobby said, I'm not, after MVP said Lesnar's name. Maybe foretelling? Well, they wanted to do that match forever. It was apparently part of Bobby's contract when he came back in, or at least part of the negotiations. Matthew Burlidge, I know you said the opening was <clears> odd, <throat> but I actually liked that it was different. It made me park up instead of tuning it out. I think if it had been a typical promo, interrupt, promo, interrupt, it would have felt boring in the same. Yeah, but it was just, in the kayfabe world, what were they doing? Different doesn't mean good. Different means different. Uh, Kevin said, I really liked Mansoor and Kofi's exchange on Twitter when Mansoor, he wa- uh, when Mansoor said he wants to make Ali and Kofi friends again. Remember the New Day versus Retribution feud? No. Um, <laughs> I like Mansoor's character, but apart from their entrance, he doesn't have a chance to show it. Also, New Day versus Bloodline and Survivor Series. Yeah, I'd watch that. M Don 11. Golly, for staying home when you're sick. Wish more people in Australia did this. If this gets a low rating because people have given up, do you think Vince will stick with it or throw the uh, throw the baby or beige out with the bathwater? Um, yeah, I just think they'll keep throwing stuff at the wall. Trenton Brown, Ollie giving Raw a five and ending that made fans happy. We truly are in Bizarro World. Unrelated note, I saw Shang-Chi last week and there was a point during the third act where Luke's Undertaker impression popped into my head screaming, I want souls. <laughs> Very good. What a movie. Can't what recommend film. that film enough. Alpaca Nation 87. So uh, to Lashley and MVP, uh, so do Lashley and MVP take the tag titles off of RK Bro now and then Woods and Kingston can take it from them. Or do you go straight into New Day versus RK Bro? I don't know, but I'm quite excited. All of a sudden, we've got three pretty big main event level worthy teams there. So maybe Raw might have a tag division again. Of three teams. Zachary Jenkins, on Sunday night, I was in Boston Airport and I looked and see Karrion Cross and Drake Maverick five feet in front of me. Cross is so nice in person. Feel bad now that he's a gimp. 
10 Rosa, I don't understand how people can enjoy Alexa Bliss. It's the worst hokey stuff. People are so bored that they'll enjoy anything now. Priest with the title or Rumble win next year. NXT, it was nice knowing you. Ollie, you may need sleep if you liked Raw. I thought that actually Alexa was pretty good on this show. Yeah, and like we've said, supernatural bliss where stuff doesn't make sense, bad. This kind of bliss where you can explain things as psychological mind games, perfect. Uh, Ket, do you think Extreme Rules would be a better concept of a pay-per-view if all the match stipulations were determined via a roulette wheel? No. no I don't no. think so. No, because then you, 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 want, you want stipulations to tie into the feuds and stories, ideally. You don't want that to be decided by chance. Uh, Joe Nero West was watching a recap of the NFL game last night. One of the guys said along the lines, it was a tough match. I call it a match because it was something like professional wrestling, like AEW. I always hear that example used with, uh, I always hear the, that example used with WWE. AEW now mainstream? Nice. Certainly, certainly breaking through, isn't it? Isaiah Garner, what a time to be a wrestling fan. Raw actually gave me something to look forward to. SmackDown has been mostly good. I bought my first AEW pay-per-view and they deliver with CM Punk's first match, Danielson and Cole debut. Genuinely a very exciting time. Uh, now, I feel bad for Charles Berg here. Because, so if, you, if you're new to the show, uh, Charles sends in his pictures of dogs that he looks after and he calls it the poor review. Instead of us reviewing Raw, we can talk about dogs and that. And for the last few weeks, we've been back in the office and not been able to show them on screen. So we've just been reading the descriptions that he sends across to us. This is the first week where we would have been able to put it up on screen and Charles <laughs> messaged him be saying like, um, I, I probably won't do it now because <laughs> you can't show it on screen. He has gone in touch to say it's hilarious. Uh, Charles, I've been thinking about this and if it's something I'd prefer if you two, as well as the modern chat decide, should I pause the, uh, should I pause the poor review? Feel bad that the chat can't see the dogs, uh, not guilt tripping. I'm just conflicted. It's kind of <coughs> jam that jam. Chris Baldwin, you guys are great. Keep up the fantastic work. Jam that jam. Sorry, did you have some thoughts on the, the poor review? I was just a little bit upset that Charles Berg didn't write the word. Should I pause the poor review, uh, as a poor. Uh, James Hanley, after seeing your acrobatic skills, Ollie, um, which new name do you prefer? Ray Davis, Ollie Phoenix, Ollie Shea, Will Ollispray, or Jushin <laughs> Th uh, Liger Thunder Jushin? Uh, Will Ollispray is the most clunky, so that one. Did you see my forward roll? Oh, it was tremendous. Actually hurt my back. <laughs> I have, I could tell, and I could tell that you hadn't either because you would just you approach the map being like i don't think i know what i'm supposed to do now i'm also going to presume that you were getting hints from your good partner on how to do this properly yeah she she did it a few times for me and then she was like well, now you do it let me see your form and i was like no i think it'll be funnier if i i just do it first time and she was like no 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 you might hurt yourself I said, just just film me then. So that is genuinely the first forward role I've done in, I don't know, however but long. you did hurt yourself. Yeah, just twinge something in my upper back. So it's just a bit weird in, in certain movements. <laughs> Not had a good week, you have you? Not feeling well, now you've hurt your back. <laughs> 
Justin Pringle says, mental health moment. Please take care of your mental health. You think you need help, please seek it out. You are loved and worthy. We need you here with us. Thank you very much for that message, Justin. Also, thank you as well, because we get that on, uh, that gets sent out on Fightful as well, which is very lovely to, to hear in that. Uh, Brendan Harris said, I'm not sure if this has been mentioned yet, but we just had an African-American WWE champion lose the title to another african-american don't think that's ever happened before nice to know raw was good this week might actually watch it later yeah friend there was uh, yeah i've mentioned a, uh, a good number of people and, I, and that's that is really cool i think what's really awesome is it doesn't even feel like a thing i mean that's i'm sure it. it is it is you know a lot of people should take note of that achievement but to me as a viewer i don't see like oh this person's of this ethnicity this person's of this ethnicity it's like the women main eventing shows doesn't yeah. doesn't even register with me anymore. But just three years ago, that would be like the biggest story of the month. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's to WWE's credit as well. Yeah. Enormous credit, especially with and the, the drumming that they got on Friday, justifiably so for the the you know the state of women's wrestling over on SmackDown. But on this show, they had four women's matches, and it didn't feel like wow, bloody hell, they got four women's matches on the show. It was just that's what Raw does. And, and I think one of them was Nikki versus Tamina. One of them was, and you know, to WWE's credit, I think they should be applauded <clears> for that. I think AEW could learn a heck of a lot uh, from that. Probably not from SmackDown, though. And uh, James Handley lastly says, uh, I know I don't hide my disdain for WWE business, specifically Vince, but it's nice to hear everyone so happy on the Tuesday podcast. Beige, by all accounts, is one of the nicest people alive, and I hope they can finally get their S word together. Finally, jam that jam. You and me both. James, because I have taken the more cynical viewpoint on this show uh, of the reasons why they did put the belt onto him. But I hope that this does lead to something good. And I hope we all have a lovely time off the back of it. It's much nicer to watch a wrestling show I enjoy. I'm looking forward to having Biggie on Raw. <laughs> yeah. Biggie on Raw moving forward. Some As a guy I really like to watch. Now we get to talk about him for the next couple of weeks at least. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like, I'm super stoked uh, about what they do. Uh, well, like, stoked to find out what they're going to do uh, with Beige and with that title. And um, yeah, it's just fun being a wrestling fan. I actually rewatched All Out yesterday while I was doing some editing and stuff. That show is actually better on its second watch than, uh, mm-hmm. than it was on its first one. I loved like almost every match that was on the card. Do you know what I actually thought? Pardon, pardon my lewdness. I got a boner for that. I did. I, I did. I, I know for this episode of Roar as well. I, I think I might have talked over you when you asked how my weekend was, uh, or if I got up to anything. Uh, it, it, little is is the answer. Very little. We are in Saturday was was the due date. So yeah. we just took it very, very easy over the weekend. We had some nice food. We played some games. I watched two Disney movies. Um, I also watched uh, The Matrix. Ooh, gone to revisit it. Yeah, we decided to revisit it. All excited about the fourth movie. So uh, my wife said, I haven't seen The Matrix probably since my mid-20s. And I said, good because i also haven't seen it since i was university let's rewatch it together she was slightly put off by the two hour 16 runtime and i said it was like oh, i don't remember five. it being that long 
neither did I. And I was like, no, it'll fly by. 22 hours, 16 minutes feels like a long movie for 1999. And I was like, don't worry, it'll absolutely fly by. And it did. What a mm. film. Although yeah. at the end of it, my wife was like, it's not as clever as it thinks it is, though. And I'm like, you got to put yourself into 1999. She's like, it's not a mind-blowing concept. I was like, put yourself in 1999 shoes. Yeah, you can't say, but, but she's seen it before. It's not. Yeah. Did, she, did you say it's the first time she's seen it? No, 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 she's seen it before. Then she's got no right to say that thing. Like, look at the impact on popular culture and just general culture it's had. It well, blew everyone's minds. But she said there must have been like hundreds of books and, and <clears throat> movies and things like that that had that same idea that we are not in a reality, we are just in a construct reality. Yeah, but it wasn't, it didn't have cool action sequences that let that That's message break I, through to the mainstream. That's what I said. I was like, they married a Western sci fi concept with an Eastern philosophy of filmmaking for action sequences. They combined the two together. It's a Trojan horse of a message. You can't just do a long diatribe of, oh, yes, it's maybe all a simulation. <laughs> no, you need bullets going really slow. And, yeah. you know, Agent Smiths and. Oh, good grief! What, what, a, what an incredible movie, and what uh, an even better follow-up to films that came next. So, my wife said when the film was over, she was like, "I'm glad I rewatched it. It was too long, but I have no interest in watching the other two movies. You can watch those without me." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And then on the Sunday, she just started asking me questions about the sequel. Mm. Like, Did the Wachowskis know? they were going to do more movies like did they have them planned out because they must have done obviously the finale of the movie been playing on her mind and then i i told her about you know the sort of the production history of the other two movies she was like huh maybe i will watch the second one with you then but if i'm if i'm bored we can stop it and i was like yeah yeah, yeah of course we can so i think she's oh. now she's now in she's like in oh, she's no. hooked into the matrix you might say no luke She's going to get bored pretty quickly yeah, because the first 40 minutes of that movie take place on Zion. <laughs> and it is rubbish! <laughs> she did say, because there's a mention of Zion in the first movie like a couple of times, you know, like that's why they're after Morpheus. He's got the keys to Zion or something. He's got the codes to get into Zion or some nonsense is why they want him. And my wife was like, uh-oh, Zion. And I was, <laughs> they were like, yeah, they don't go there in the first movie. That, that's mm. a sequel thing. Yeah, and and any whatever cool thing you imagined from the 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 few references in the first film, oh, it's no, it's nowhere near that. It's like this bunch of elders. It could have been poached from any other kind of movie. All of the innovation and stuff they did for the virtual reality world, none of that, none of that was in the quote real world. But uh, hey, hella hella twist, hella twist at the end of Reloaded. Also, that highway sequence is yeah. awesome. Yeah, great. So we watched that. Uh, we also watched uh, Hercules, the Disney movie, which I haven't seen since the pictures in 1997. We also watched a film I've never seen before from the Disney Renaissance era, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I've never seen that either. Sorry, can you hear the guy who's... Can you hear loads of... I can now, yeah. What the freaking hell is happening now? What is going on? Whoa! That's a noise. Um, is that any? Is that any better? I'll be honest. I can still hear it. Yeah, I mean, I can't can't make it any. What is it? 
I think it's someone mowing outside. With with what? An aircraft carrier? Like an aircraft thing? He's got five mowers just all next to each other. He's, <laughs> he's dual wielding. Um, but yeah, I watched Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is dark AF. Like it's yeah. real. Yeah, it's like an opera. It's like real moody and and, and this and that. I actually, aside from the the gargoyle statues, it is. Oh, that is actually really loud, by the way. Like that might be a problem in terms of us doing the show. I don't know what I can do. There's not much you can do. I don't think the windows are shut. Just letting you know. People might. Say, people may say something. That's weird because it's not as loud now as it was a minute ago. Well, let's see definitely if going around. away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I very much enjoyed that. The other film I, I watched that I wanted to mention before we do get out of here, I watched on uh, Disney Plus Vacation Friends. Now what? you may be looking to yourself thinking, "What the hell is Vacation Friends?" Well, Vacation Friends. Let me just get the cast list up for you. 2021 movie it stars um meredith hagner lil rel howry who's really really funny he was the comedy relief from get out uh that he's mm. always on the phone to uh yvonne origi and john cena what vacation friends yeah it's a movie it... about these uh two people who are like going on uh, a, a holiday and he's going to propose to her and they make they make friends with john cena and meredith hagner i believe her name is and they're like the like the worst sort of like people they're like out of control like crazy people and they then think they become like best friends so they, they randomly show up to their wedding and you know then it's like the wacky friends have come to the wedding Oh my god! I did not though know this was a thing. Anything with John Cena in, I want to watch right now. Is it good? Yeah. It's. Do you know what? It's pretty. It's okay. It's like a decent three star comedy movie. There's some really like that. laugh. There's some really laugh out loud funny moments in it. It's. It's not. You'll probably not want to rewatch it much, but <laughs> John Cena's really really good in it because he's like a. He's a lovable baddie. Hmm. Yeah. Some. There's some niceness in there. Yeah. I, I would recommend. Excellent. And it's free. It's on Disney Plus. Well, you gotta pay for it. Well, yeah. You gotta pay for Disney Plus. Yes, you've got to pay for Disney Plus. Then it's part yeah, okay, I'll take that back. It's part of your Disney Plus subscription. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast uh, thank you all so much for listening we'll be back uh, tomorrow with the NXT review Peace and Tempest and then Ollie and I remotely once again will be doing the AEW show uh, thank you all so much for listening take care, I love you, goodbye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.